Welcome to Box to Box Football. Hey, welcome to Box to Box Football. Me and Stu today. And Stu, uh, are you over the... I mean, it's what time is it here? It's 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 we're taping here. It's seven twenty one on uh, Monday night. So we just watched this debacle between Chelsea and Tottenham, and uh, you know it was an, I mean it was a crazy crazy match. But like I just felt like the refs did everything possible to ruin it. Yeah, it it was a rough one for sure. It was. It was a mess of a start for Chelsea. Kulusevski scored like five minutes in, and then it was just all downhill from there. There were reds that could have been called reds that that weren't called, and then eventually Romero did get the red. He got sent off. Udogi got sent off. I feel like Chelsea had a million chances to score. They didn't score. Nicholas Jackson missed like a million shots, and then finally, uh, after and playing some some you know even with nine men playing a pretty high line, Chelsea finally broke through, and somehow Nicholas Jackson got a hat trick, which I didn't think I was ever going to see happen. He, uh, he, he underperformed his xG apparently. It was supposed to be three point <laughs> three seven, but like I mean, this is a crazy thing. I mean, he got three goals, and he probably should have about twelve. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we we start the week with, with the refereeing all the time. It's just uh, here's my problem with this. First of all, it was a crazy match. Like you got to like they, he could have given out. Like Udogi could have got a red early, yeah. so it wasn't a great tackle. But you know they they're like it's orange. We'll let it go. It's early. Okay, uh, you know Romero kicks out. He's kind of you know whatever. They don't allow the goal. And then they go back because it's offside and give him a penalty and they send him off because it was, you know, he got the ball and then followed through. I mean, then what the, now the commentators were saying like, oh, yeah, you know, he did it on purpose, like trying to go through him. But, mm. you know, fourth red card for Romero. And, uh, you know, look, at 1-1, they had chances in this game. And then, you know, you, and then you can't go down to not like you cannot. Ujogi should have been off like. You, you you already know it's like crazy. The crowd's all crazy. Their their commentators you were talking about like how they're feeding into the crowd. Romero was feeding into it, and then you, know, you can't get. In. I think if they finish the game with ten, there's a decent argument to be made that they get a point or you know, maybe steal a win the way they're playing. But you know, once you go down to nine, you got no chance. Yeah, no chance at all. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, for Tottenham now. This is like their first. Real sign of adversity this year. You're going to have Romero on the red card suspension. You have Mickey Vandeven, who had actually been really good. Really. Yeah, wow. Yeah, he's, uh, that looks like that's a multiple month injury, you know, four, five, six weeks, maybe more. Maybe maybe you won't see him till the new year. Madison, uh, he left with an injury. They don't know how serious that is yet, but this is really the first sign of adversity for them. They've been pretty healthy this whole, this whole year so far, and now just a rough performance, and it's just, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. They don't have Europa League or Champions or anything like that. They don't have Carabao Cup. Obviously, we're going to have FA Cup coming up here soon uh, for them. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they cope with their schedule going forward. I mean, they go to Wolves, yep. then they have uh, Villa at home. They go to City, then they host West Ham, then they host Newcastle. Like that's a tough stretch. And if you don't have Mickey Vandeven, and obviously you're not going to have Romero for for a few of those as well. It's going to be interesting to see how yeah. Ange and that team, you know, performs. The problem is, I mean, when you when you have injuries now at this point, you know, obviously you got the international break coming up, but when you come back from the international break, you're playing, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, 
seven, eight matches in December, you know, and, and late November there. And then you got the one, you know, then you got the break for FA Cup. But it, it's tough. I mean, you, you this is the wrong period to be getting injuries. And Spurs aren't super deep. I mean, the problem, you know, the thing with them is, you know, Madison and all these guys are healthy and they're not playing in all these competitions. Well, now, if you're not healthy, that kind of like – now it just starts to to even out with some of these other teams, and you know all of a sudden City might you know open up a little gap here. I think, and uh, I would be interested to see where Spurs are when we get to January first, something like that. I, I I think right now they're second. You know, I think you could see them like fifth, sixth. I mean, because there's not much between those teams. You know, Liverpool's. Two points back. Arsenal's two points back. Villa's four points back. Newcastle is six points back. So I, I think you're going to see some some teams catching them. This it, it's a little bit of a mirage. Obviously, they're the last unbeaten team, but you know they're not the best team in the league. So yeah, no, for sure, it's 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 very interesting. They hadn't really beaten a lot of teams either. I mean, I know they beat Liverpool, but that was you know nice win. Yeah, it was a little sketchy. Uh, they've kind of feasted on some of these bottom table teams. So you're right. It's going to be fascinating to see what they uh, what comes of this. Now for Chelsea, Chelsea is now up to 10th on 15 points. Again, just not really great showing, I would say. I mean, they were up a man for over an hour. They were up two men for a while, too. And it, it took them to the 75th minute to even score. Uh, you know, they piled on a few goals, a few goals uh, towards the end, the last 10, 12 minutes. But even then, like even when they're up two men, it didn't even feel like sometimes. I mean, they gave up, like you said, they gave up some chances. Tottenham had a few chances, and Nicholas Jackson, I feel like he's either offsides or or missing the net, or you know, making a mess of it in front of the net. It, it just it just isn't hitting for Chelsea. I know it's such a win for them; they'll take three points against Tottenham any day. But there still feels like there's such a long way to go for this Chelsea squad. I think you know one of the things. I, I, I'm trying to, you know, when I'm watching them play, like, what what's a word for them? I mean, it's, it's like disjointed. It's not like yeah. great word. I mean, just they're just they're not that good. I mean, the amount of money that they spent and the players that they're throwing out there in this game, I mean, they're just they're not good. I mean, they're not. They're, there's no way they're going to be anywhere near top four with this squad anytime soon. He spent so much money on these guys, and they have such long contracts. You're going to go to try to shift these players, and like some teams, like I'm not taking this guy for like seven years and paying him all this crazy money. I mean, it, it, that it's it's they try to bring like an MLB kind of thing into it, and it's uh, you know, it's not like that it's just weird I, I just think they're stuck with some of these guys i mean look nicholas jackson is he look he had a hat trick and maybe he'll kick on from this but he was terrible for the first 50 minutes like terrible there people were making fun of him like there you know, i saw a tweet where they're like if i had nicholas jackson on my football manager team i would have thrown my laptop out the window like <laughs> like you know it's just uh it's just pretty crazy like i i, I don't know i mean they have enough talent that like they shouldn't be behind, you know, Brentford and uh, Palace and Nottingham Forest in the table. Like, you know, they they're not that bad, but you know, they're not better than any of the te- the teams that are top six right now. I mean, even Manchester United's ahead of them, and their squad's a disaster. But like, I just don't think they're that good. 
tough to argue. Now, two teams that do think they're good, two top four teams from last year. We had on Saturday, Newcastle beating Arsenal 1-0 at St. James's Park. And similar to this match, Sean, we saw the refereeing in the VAR show once again taking place. I thought this was going to be our lead, and this was going to be our most talked about game. But the game on Monday certainly topped that. You had Kai Havertz, who was probably fortunate not to be sent off. He had a bit of a rough tackle. Bruno Gimmerich probably could have been sent off twice for, for his antics. And then, of course, the uh, the goal, the winner, the ball, was it out of bounds? Very debatable. Probably could say it was out of bounds. Was there a shove uh, uh, Joe Linton on Gabrielle? I think a lot of people would agree, myself included, that, that there was a shove. And then, of course, the offsides, which was which is another one I was in doubt. So it was a triple check. All three kind of overlooked. They give the goal. Newcastle wins 1-0. Arteta, obviously furious after the game, calling it a disgrace. It's just kind of like you said, it's just every week we're talking about the same thing. And it takes away from a game that I was certainly looking forward to. I thought it'd be a very good test for Arsenal going on the road to Newcastle. We'll see what if Newcastle can keep this up. So it's just tough. It's just one of those things where like I, I, I watch this game and I feel like I learned absolutely nothing from it. Because once again, uh, the ref and the VR show kind of took over. See, my thing with VA, we'll, I'm, we're going to get to the Manchester United game later. My oh. thing with VAR is that. When you see it deployed in some of these other leagues in the Champions League, like the Champions, like they do a VAR check, it's like it, it, it's it's you know it, it's not like this. Like it, it's it's one of these things. Like I, I, I'll say it again. Like later with, with the Manchester United game, when you start using VAR for some of these calls they're using it for now, I have a problem with it. There's so many things wrong with the game, like. There was 12 minutes of added time in the first half today, and there was like, you know, nine. There was 21 minutes of added time because they kept checking all this stuff. That, 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 you know, that Arsenal-Newcastle game. Like, it's just, there's no set rules from match to match. And the, they've, the refs have already come out and said, like, look, we're not, like, like we're not going to burn one of our other refs. So, like, they never side with, like, they they never want to embarrass the guy for blowing something. So like they, they side they err on the side of like whatever the referee is. I mean, there just has to be some kind of either automation. First of all, the, the I mean the, the offside rule is a joke. I mean, this the you know, they're checking offside today. There's five goals that were like this. The offside rule is a joke. That has to get changed. It needs to be if any part of the attacker's body is onside, he's onside. But you know, that the arsenal, you know, Arteta was you know, they're comparing it to like Kevin Keegan when he melted down against, um, you know, when Manchester United ended up winning the title um, back in 96, I think it was. But it's, you know, I, I would be mad too. I mean, I would be furious. You, you, can't ha you can't keep having this. There's no set rules from week to week. I mean, it's just crazy. Some of the stuff that is going against some of these teams you see, and you're just like, I don't understand. Last week, this was a penalty for someone. This week, it's like something else. Like, I just don't understand how they're calling these games. And the red card stuff is, for, for I mean, from match to match, like Udogi's today, Udogi's and Romero's. Yeah. Our, our red card, and you know, could be you could have flip flopped them. One was a yellow, one was a red. Romero huh. could have got because he kicked out. Guimaraes could have got you know red. I mean, you just don't know what is what from match to match, and it's not like there has to be some kind of consistency. 
And you, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they have to figure it out because people are starting. Like, there's a lot of people there just like, look, I can't even be bothered with this. Like, that, that game today was a farce. But in, in like, you know, the Arsenal-Newcastle game, same thing. Like, that's all anybody's talking about. They're not talking about the actual game between, like, two top four teams. They're talking about this other stuff. And it, 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 it's a joke at this point. Yeah, it certainly is. And not to go back to the game on Monday, but I saw this stat. The first half of that game took 56 minutes and 26 seconds in real time. The ball was only in play for 23 minutes and 21 seconds. That kind of that kind that's of tells. True. Yeah, that that's that kind of says it all. Uh, it's so bad. It's just oh, VA, like you said, VAR checks and and just all over the place. Just just a complete mess. Now looking at Arsenal in Newcastle, I guess away from the VAR and the officiating, Arsenal now down to uh, fourth place. They are on 24 points. Newcastle, meanwhile, they are sixth place now at 20. Newcastle, it's interesting. Like they've they're starting to get banged up a little. You see, no Alexander Isak. What that is, what that kind of is bringing them. Harvey Barnes has been out. Elliot Anderson has been out. They have a few other injuries uh, popping up as well. Dan Byrne is now ruled out for a little bit with a back injury. So, I mean, not that Dan Byrne is this amazing football player, but again, that's another miss for them as they're deep in the Champions League here. The injuries are starting to pile up for Newcastle. Uh, does that concern you at all about yeah. where where they are, if they can finish top four? Yeah, look, they, I'll tell you what, they have a massive game if you're listening to this today, I mean, we're taping it tomorrow. I mean, they play at Borussia Dortmund, who just, you know, got oh. was a final score that game uh, for nothing. They got just got embarrassed. So they're going to, you know, they're going to want to come out and, and, and play at home. You know, right now, if, if PSG beats Milan and Dortmund beats Newcastle, all of a sudden there's a there's a gap at the top of the table uh, in the Champions League and Newcastle's in trouble. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, when you look at the, the league here – you know, I, we kind of thought, you know, Newcastle would have a little bit of an easy run here and they get kind of some some wins. You mean, when you start to look at their schedule coming up, you know, they got Bournemouth away. Then they have Chelsea, Manchester United, Ed Everton, Spurs, Fulham, Luton, Nottingham Forest. And then in January, it gets tough again. Liverpool away, City at home, Villa away. You know, they, they got lucky where they got, a, you know, they play Nottingham Forest and Luton back-to-back on the 23rd and 26th of December, and then they play them back-to-back again on the 3rd and 10th of February. So Bournemouth there. So they got a little bit of an easy run, and then it starts to pick up again. So, you know, we'll see. I I still don't think the squad is super deep. Um, I mean, look, you know, I still think City's going to win the league, probably going away. But, you know, you see some of these other teams dropping some points in games maybe they shouldn't. So they're doing they're, – they're playing well, but I think, you know, I think everyone kind of thought maybe they – you know, obviously Arsenal is a tough game, but I think everybody thought they were going to go on a little bit of a run here. So we'll, we'll, we'll see after the break when they have, you know, Chelsea at home, United at home, Everton away, Spurs away, see how they do there. Yeah, it'll certainly get tough for them. Uh, moving on to the early game on Saturday where – we saw Manchester United beat Fulham 1-0. And look, it looked good very early on. It looked like Manchester United got an early goal as Scott McTominay scored just 10 minutes in, but then he didn't. They the VR said that, well, Harry Maguire's offsides and he was shielding the goalie, and it was, you know, no goal. Another VAR overturn against Manchester United. Uh luckily for United, though, they came back. Bruno Fernandez in the 90th minute just inside the box with a nice strike, and United wins. 
and they are now eighth in the table, 18 points. Only two points behind Newcastle, only six behind right. Villa. They're right there. It, as bad as the start's been, Sean, you know, they are right there. It, it, it could be worse. But I guess could we can start the VAR, uh, the VAR goal overturn. Uh, what did you think of that? Yes. First, uh, you know, I know Kyle's ducking the ducking the show today because <laughs> we beat him in it. We beat him, uh, you know, injury time goal for the second year in a row at Craven Cottage. Here's the problem with my, here's the problem with this, right? Is Harry Maguire active? You could argue yes he is because he's making an attempt at the ball he didn't touch it and in the same position last year against manchester city like the player was a hundred percent active and then stopped without touching the ball and they gave the goal so here we go back to this you know is he active is he not on the field the goal is ruled as a goal and they called the referee over to look at a subjective offside call which isn't really what var is supposed to be for so it's not like a red car it's not you're not checking off sides like because if it was all if you're checking off sides you're looking the ref doesn't need to go look at the monitor it's a line on the pitch so now they call him over to do this and it's not what that's not it's not in the rules it's not what it's supposed to be for it's like it's against the spirit of the game and all this stuff so now if it was given, like, if the goal was given against us, I would be going, I would be, like, super mad because he is, at, like, he's he's definitely trying to get the ball. He didn't touch it. But once the goal is given, you can't take it away. You can't have the referee go over and look and see if he's offsides. Either the, either the guy is offsides or he's not. Like, if they don't use that line and determine whether he's offside, then it's, like, crazy. So, like, that's my whole problem with this stuff. And, look, Manchester United has been on the end of, like, some re- ridiculously bad calls from the referees with VAR. Like it's everything's been going against them. And there was a stat I saw like six, six goals have been chalked off and like only one the other way. And like the penalties and all this stuff. And it's just like all this stuff, like today's match, it's a London Derby, the top of the table and Chelsea and it's on TV and everyone's watching. And there's all this controversy, the Newcastle Arsenal match. It's, the late kickoff, it's on TV. Everybody's watching. The early kickoff, it's Manchester United. It's on TV. Everyone's watching. This stuff doesn't happen in these 10 o'clock matches or the 3 o'clock matches over there that aren't televised, right? It just keeps happening in these, like, big matches. And you're just like, wait a second. Like, why is this always happening on matches that are, like, everybody's watching? Like, in England, everybody's watching. And, and then, like, on the Sunday papers, are going crazy and they're selling all these papers. 100%. The whole media is all about controversy and it's driven by this stuff. And it's just like, why does this keep happening all the time? And that's when I start to think, I'm like, look, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Like you can't be this bad. I I, 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 I forget. I don't even remember if I said this on the show or to you before the show, like I, I, you can't be this bad all the time. Yeah. Like you have to get something correct some of the times. And it's like when it just keeps happening and happening and happening to like the best league in the world. And you're just like, man, I, I just think it's like part of it is like, they don't, or they want the controversy because people are talking about it. And it's like a, it's like a soap opera. The NFL is the same way, you know, when, when, when everyone's talking about it, it's, it's in the consciousness. Like we just finished watching the baseball world series. Nobody cared about like nobody. It was the least watched. Nobody cared. 
like, hey, Texas, yay. So there's some leagues that have really good matches and like nobody cares about them. Like this is the biggest league in the world and it's always driven by country. But like the people that are like the purists that want to watch the games and see this stuff, they're like sick of it. There's a lot of people that are, I, I see them on Twitter. They're like, look, man, I'm, I'm fed up. I don't go to matches anymore. My 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 good friend, Ali, Ali Rowe from Manchester, like he's not from Manchester, he comes up to the matches, but like, you know, I see him all the time. I'm like, hey, I'm coming over. He's like, I don't go to matches anymore. Like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm fed up. Like, bars terrible. The matches are like, they suck. You celebrate, they take it away. It's not worth coming up anymore. It's just, like the game is gone. I mean, I've, you see the tweets all the time. The game is gone. And it's just like, they got to fix it because you're going to start losing. Like, you, it's the most popular league in the world. But like, if you keep doing this, people are going to stop watching. It's a, it's a bad path. It's definitely a bad path to go down to. And I think you said it best. Like, there are times when I'm watching Liverpool, I'm watching another team. My first reaction is not to celebrate goals now, especially let's say Liverpool. My 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 first reaction is like, oh my god, is, is someone off sides? Oh my god, is there a foul in the buildup? Like my first reaction is to be like, oh goal, yeah, let's go. My first reaction is, is this going to count? Please count, please, please, please. And then when did you start watching like religiously? Like when did you start actually watching like all the time? Like 20, five, 20, 2019, five years ago. So, okay. So, like, right when they got when Liverpool yes. won the championship, okay. So it was already starting to like. So I've been watching for since nineties. We used to go out and watch it and stuff like in New York. But you know, when they had Fox Soccer and stuff, people will always claim like from like oh oh five to oh you know whatever. It's like the golden era and all this stuff. But you've seen like they used to have you know Howard Webb. Strong ref, ref to World Cup final. Mark Clattenburg, not without controversy, but you know, look, man, he ref to you know Champions League final, Euro final. The guys, these guys were good, strong refs. It's just the level has just gotten worse and worse, and and the level of play in the league has gotten like these 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 players are. It's crazy. I mean, you look at the the bottom three teams notwithstanding. Oh. I mean, you know, Fulham's got some good players, man. Wolves got some good players. You know, 9-4's got good players. West Ham, Crystal Palace, I mean, all up and down. These teams, I mean, other than, you know, basically those teams at the bottom, there's, you know, when you watch the French League and you see, like, the bottom five teams, they're terrible. You know, I, I go to Portuguese League. I mean, the, the level of play there for the teams, like, outside of Benfica and Porto and, you know, a little bit, like, sporting. It's not great. Like this, it's such a good league and it's just getting better and better as more money gets pumped into it. But like the referees are getting worse and worse and worse. And it's been going on for like, it's been on a steady decline. 2015, like right around the middle of last, middle of last um, decade. I mean, I, I'm sure in five years, you've kind of seen like just how bad it's gotten. And they've lost some good referees. Yeah. And it's just getting to the point where it's just atrocious at this point. Like there's guys refing matches that shouldn't be refing. They, they should be in the championship. And they just don't have those, these refs. And it's just getting worse and worse. It's a shame. Yeah, it is. Real quickly before we move on, in terms of the performance of United, uh, any thoughts? I thought Maguire, despite the injury, maybe being have a concussion, I thought he was he was quite good, I thought. Uh, I like what I saw from him. Um, anything that really stood out to you? I know that it's just going to be the same story, right? Like, you just got to get healthy, got to get the back four healthy, got to get yeah. Casemiro back, and then go from there. Yeah, I mean, Casemiro's going to be out, I think, for a while here with an injury. But, uh, I, you know, I, I I would actually, you know, you got to let the kid Manu play a little bit. Um I just think you got to get 
you got to get a mod back. They're just injuries. I mean, I say it all the time, but, you know, you haven't had a back four. Juan Baseca finally came back. He was out for like two months. Luke Shaw has been out for two months. Dovrain hasn't played. Lisandro Martinez is, is out till, you know, end of December probably. I mean, they don't have – they haven't played their first choice center bags or their fourth – there's been times they haven't played any of their first choice back four at all. That's a – no team yeah. in the world – could do that. And it's just like, it's just chaos, but they, they, I mean, they have so many injuries and stuff like this, but at some point, like I always like, I'm like, look, just tread water, tread water, tread water. Like just get these new, you know, maybe this new owner comes in and they, you know, they spend in January. I don't think they will because I think he wants to ship players out and bring some young kids in and stuff like this. But you know, if they could bring in some kind of a striker, they can't score goals. That's their problem. I mean, you know, they can't score goals. Rashford had 30 goals last year. I mean, they got goals from all over the place last year. We just can't score, and that's not good. I mean, it's crazy. They didn't even tie in, like, 25 matches. They're, they, they're, they're win or they lose. But, you know, it's going to get better at some point. I, look, I mean, I just want them to get through the, the group stage at the Champions League, qualify, get healthy, see if you get drawn with, you know, Porto, and see if you can bring somebody in and just get healthy and go for it, you know. Because, you know, you've, you've seen teams worse than them make runs. You know, they're better than that Inter team was last year. So, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, they're not really great to watch now. But, you know, look, you just got to win games at this point. You can't, you just can't lose. You can't, you know, you can't be drawn to full. Yeah. Now I hear that. They squeaked by and got that much needed win. Uh, from your team to my team, Kenilworth Road was a home to a 1-1 draw between Loontown and Liverpool. And boy, I, I'll be honest with you, I was pretty surprised about that. Pretty Gross performance for Liverpool. They did, you know, they did outshoot them 24 to 8, had a bunch of shots, had a possession, 76% possession. But I mean, Darwin Nunez, once again, just, I don't know. It's just times where. enough, to be honest. I know. They spent a lot of money on him. There are times where you watch him, you're like, this guy's going to, something's going to click and he's going to be one of the three or four best strikers in the world. And then there are times where you think he's a League Two striker because he misses shots that just are just yeah, mind blowing, just absolutely mind blowing. He's. It's a problem. It's a massive problem. They spend a lot of money on him. They have a lot invested in him. And especially when Salah most likely leaves after the season, they're going to rely on him to be their, you know, number one target in terms of forwards. And it's going to be a tough, uh, that's going to be tough to ask him to do that if he can't make some of the goals that, uh, pretty makeable goals. I'll, I'll be honest with you there. Here's the, the, here's the difference between Liverpool, Manchester United, some of these teams and like, a, you know, like a Real Madrid or Manchester City. If they spent all this money on, first of all, they probably wouldn't have done it. But if they spent all this money on, like if City spent all this money on Nunez and he's not performing, they'll ship him out and they'll bring somebody else in. They've done it with Ederson, the keepers and all this stuff, and they'll just bring somebody else in. Um, like Real Madrid, you know, they, they, they've they they've kind of made do. They brought Bellingham in. I mean, you know, you, you know everybody knows who's coming next. Mbappe's going to go and, and uh, you know, maybe Holland and stuff like this. But – you know, these teams that they're ruthless with it. Like if they're not working, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't try to get through. And I, I think like, that's where I think Liverpool has to like, just stick with, like, you got to try like at this point, like if you, if you put him out there, especially now, cause you got so many matches, if you put him out there and he's like misfiring, and he's costing you points now over the next, cause once again, I, I, I just, this is just me. I, I don't think anybody's winning the league other than city, but like, if you put him out there and, you know, he starts to get some form because he's playing, 
then yeah, all right. Because he's he's not like you watch him play for your guys. You know, it's the same thing as Bruno Fernandez. It's just I think you know it's something to do with the players around him for for Bruno. But like you know maybe Darwin is the price tag or something like this, and he's just he's just not ready for that. But you know if you play him and he and then he struggles, then you got to figure out. You got to say, look, you know what? We gotta we gotta make a move. Sell him to sell him to Saudi Arabia or sell him to. Sell them to, uh, you know, somewhere, the Bundesliga or one of these teams. Somebody will buy them. PSG will buy them. You know, go to one of those leagues and score 100 goals. Yeah. It's just different. It's just a different league. I mean, you just, like, once again, you're just playing. That's the thing. People people are like, how do these guys score, like, so many goals in Italy or so many goals in Belgium or so many goals? Like, because there's, th- there's, like, four teams that are half decent. And then the rest of them are just, like, these pl- these teams that aren't any – like they're just not that good. I mean, you, you know, comparatively they're all right, but like you're gonna get probably over the course of playing if you're playing 38 games and you're playing, you know, 28 of them against teams like that, you're probably gonna get 16 goals. So now you find some goals in another game. Now you score 20 goals. All right, you're a 20 goal scorer in, in one of these leagues. Someone's gonna buy you. Like someone's gonna come in and, and buy you. You're scoring 20 goals, 30 goals, something like that. But you've seen it a hundred times with Timo Werner and. And these teams and uh, these leagues, after there's a huge drop off, and it's just really tough to step up. And you, you know, every week you're playing Crystal Powers, and the Crystal Powers back four just beating you up. And yeah. the Luton Town, you know, the the defenders. I mean, Luton stinks, but like their defenders are, you know, they're they're still in the Premier League, and their defenders are big, and you're just getting beat up sometimes. So I I think it's just they have to figure out though, you know. I I think you can't let it go. If, if he's not good enough, you got to make a you got to make a call. I think you got to be strong about it. Maybe you have to lose some money. I mean, that's the problem with Manchester United all the time. They don't they don't sell these guys for a loss. And you're just like, look, sell them, get them out, and get somebody else. Yeah. It's a big decision they'll have to make. Liverpool on third, at third place now. They are above Arsenal, point differential. Meanwhile, Lewin Town, they are up to 17th. They, they've been a little better lately. They had one point in, in three goals in their first five matches. In their last six, they have five points and seven goals. So they're up to 17th. At least things are looking a little up for them. We'll see what happens. I think we can both agree it's four teams for that bottom three between the three promoted teams in Bournemouth. At least that's what it looks like at this point. Yeah, I think it's going to be... Look, Sheffield United is the worst team I've ever seen. Oh, Legitimately, geez. probably the worst team. Um, although they they won this week somehow, but yeah. you know, now they're on four points. Um, I can't believe they won that game. Burnley's really bad. Yeah, those four teams at the bottom. I mean, at the end of the day, you know who's going to make a you know who's going to sack a manager, who's going to make a call, who's going to do something. And who's going to bring a player in in January or a lot of players in to make it make a move? I mean, you've seen Bournemouth do that before, so you know they're not scared to make that move and they have some experience. I also think their squad is better, so to me, I would probably think Bournemouth stays up between us, but it's good, they're, they're all very bad, they're terrible. Yeah, now, speaking of some of these other teams, we'll run through the rest of the results really quickly, see if anything stands out to you. A lot of surprises this weekend Everton won, Brighton won. Thought Brighton would uh, score a bunch of goals in that one, but they they just didn't. Simply put, Manchester City dominated Bournemouth 6 to 1, four assists and a goal for Doku in that one. As you mentioned, Sheffield 2-1 over Wolves. Brentford 3, West Ham 2. Big A big win for Brentford and Thomas Frank. And then finally, we had Nottingham Forest at home winning 2-0 over Aston Villa. So a lot of surprises this weekend. Is there one or two that really stood out to you? I'm stunned by the Villa result. I'm stunned by, you know, that that result was, of all the ones, was the most. I, I, I thought it was a weird weekend, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm stunned. 
not super stunned by like I thought Wolves would win, but not it's not really super stunning to me. But the Villa, I mean, they're terrible. Nottingham Forest look really good. I mean, and once again, there's there there's so many levels above those other teams at the bottom. Like people were saying they're going to be near the bottom. There's no way. It's just uh, you know I thought Everton played well. Um, Crystal Palace I thought played well. Burnley's terrible. Um, there's that's going to be interesting because you know how long you know Vincent Company. I mean they 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 ran roughshod over that championship do they stick with him so they go back down and bounce back up or what do they do here because i mean they're they're not very good so but the i think the one that stuck out to me was the villa game what, what about for you yeah certainly the villa game i know nottingham forest is a is a totally different team at home pretty atrocious on the road and pretty good at home so i guess from that perspective wasn't that shocking they made a lot of changes in their team uh i know they dropped matt turner for the greek uh, goalkeeper that that they started and hit a couple other guys like arur and um nico williams they they didn't start like they, they made a bunch of changes so that was kind of surprising especially how well bill's been playing uh that was kind of surprising to me and and yeah i mean if you talk about burnley i mean crystal palace they'd only had eight goals going into this match and you can't get points at home against palace. I mean, they're going to obviously really struggle to get points against anyone. And they actually really, I think they probably outplayed palace. If you think about it, I mean, they, they had a lot more possession. They outshot palace uh, 17 to four, but in the end, uh, you still give up two goals and don't score one. It's going to be a, oh, it's just going to be such a long road for Burnley. I, I, I can't imagine them staying up as good as they were last year in the championship. It's just, it's just rough. It's been a rough go for Vincent. Cullen. It's a different level. That's the thing. I mean, he, he just like I think people just don't, you know, they just think teams are going to come up, and you're just like, it's just a different level. These teams are all like really, really good. I mean, it's just, it's really, it's really hard. You look at the table now. I mean, there's a there's a hard floor now where Everton is. Uh, you know, they're they're already five points clear with three wins. Every team below them only has one. You know, Fulham's at 12, Wolves at 12, Forest at 13, West Ham at 14, Crystal Paz at 15, Chelsea. If they, like, none, those teams, there's just no way those any of those teams are going to get relegated. It's just not going to happen. You know, Everton right now, after 11 matches, has 11 points. So one point, if they, if they keep that pace up and get to 38 points, they will be safe by a lot. <laughs> 13 points. Yeah. They, the Luton Town, Bournemouth, Burnley, Sheffield United. I can't imagine any of those teams getting to 30 points. So, you know, Bournemouth could if they may, you know, if they start winning some matches, but like there's no way Luton Town, Burnley, Sheffield United get to, unless like Luton beats Bournemouth, Burnley, and Sheffield United, you know, all six matches. Yeah. You know, they get, you know, 18 points out of that. But, you know, even that, you got to beat somebody else. So it's just, I don't see it. But, Hard to argue. Before we go, we do have Champions League once again this week. The second uh, match, match week four. So we got the second of the back-to-back from match week number three. And uh, some interesting matches. Obviously, the group of death, that gets going again on a Tuesday. The uh, big group of death, as uh, people like to call them, uh, Milan hosting PSG, Dortmund hosting Newcastle. So that'll be obviously very interesting. Obviously Wednesday, Bayern and uh, Galatasaray facing off. United going to Copenhagen. Yeah, Monday, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, Tuesday, you look at the the Group E table. Feyenoord's on six, Madrid's on five, Atletico Madrid, Lazio's on four, Celtic's on one. So I think that's pretty big. Atletico Madrid's a big favorite in that game. Um, you know, that's a pretty big game because Lazio's playing Feyenoord there. 
you know, obviously Dortmund, Newcastle, huge. Group G, Manchester City's walking that group. Group H, you got Barcelona and uh, Porto. Barcelona's playing Shakhtar. Porto's playing Antwerp. Porto could go to nine points. I think that's pretty big. Wednesday is, I mean, for me, obviously Manchester United needs to win. Uh, you know, if they go to Copenhagen and win, they're on six points. You just got to go to Galatasaray and win, and you're fine. Um, Arsenal, Sevilla, that was a draw last time. I think that'll be interesting because that group is also pretty interesting. Arsenal's on six, Lone's on five, Sevilla on, and PSV on two. And Group D. Sociedad and Interval have seven. Interval seven. Yeah. And Sociedad plays Benfica. And look, I mean, this Benfica has zero points, and that you know they they you know they made a quarterfinal last year, and they were close to making the semi. Look, they got to win. I mean, there's this that's all there is to it. They have to win. If if Sociedad and Inter both win, they're through already. That group is done and dust. Just basically trying to figure out who goes through as group champion and group winner, and then obviously Real Madrid's playing Braga. I, I, I Real Madrid has six goals in three matches, and I just all I know is for certain that Jude Bellingham will score. <laughs> the it's a guy, pretty safe bet at this point. Oh my god, it's every game, man. It's just every single game. I can't. You just watch him, and you're just like, like I, I just when Real Madrid puts a like, imagine this team next year with like either like Holland or Mbappe up top. Like, oh my god, dude, they're gonna be so good. Like, it's just they're this good now with Vinicius and um, Rodrigo. Basically, it's like these guys play wide, and you know he's an attacking midfield. Like, I don't even know what formation it is. I mean, he's not—he's not really a nine, and he's not really a ten. But you know, he gets the goals. You know, you—you add—you know, if you add a front line and then put him as the attacking midfield, and you have that base there of Kamavinga and Tushmeni. Um, oh my yeah. god. When the attacking players out on the on each side, Guler and it just it's just they're so set up. And just think about Shabby Alonso is going to come in too, and look what he's doing at Leverkusen. I mean, he's going to come in and just it, ugh, all the it's talent crazy. that they have. It's just, it's going to be insane. <laughs> yeah, yo, I think I mean that's the thing. I mean, look, hey, if you're if you're an attacking player, obviously you want to go there. But if you're anybody at this point, look, you better win now because when they when when Xavi Alonso comes in. Uh, it's all over. Yeah. Nah, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like in the Champions League, curious to see what Newcastle does against Dortmund. And then you have to go to Dortmund. That's, you know, never an easy place to play. Although Dortmund, maybe not the same Dortmund of old. Uh, they've had uh, some issues this year, including on, on Saturday against Bayern. Uh, they were pretty lifeless in uh, their classic her. But I mean, it's going to still be interesting to see what happens in that group, especially from a Newcastle perspective. And then, as you mentioned, Group E, just really, I mean, between Atleti, they've kind of impressed me with the way they've played this year. A more of a progressive style under Simeone, a Feyenoord and Lazio. They're all kind of right there. So that's one of the groups that's just uh, just so open at, at this point. But it, it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, I don't know if you have anything else, uh, Sean. But we got to talk about JJ wants us to talk about those right. FA yes. crazy games. <laughs> I know it's it's not it's funny. Like I, I I love like the FA Cup and all these games. It's just it's so hard when these games are on at Saturday and Sunday, and they're going against all the Premier League games, and you had your Classicer, and you have all the La Liga games. It's just like it's just like this overload. You can't even follow it. It's just, it's the crazy. Thing too is like there's not. I mean, look, there's not much of a difference between like seventh division and fourth division. I mean, yeah. Seventh division and fifth division, like once you get below that, like nationally, national league and down, it's not like 
I mean, but there's you know Portsmouth got beat and something like that. It's it's pretty cool. They have the um they have the highlight shows after the um each round on the I watch it on the IPTV and then you know they do it every weekend actually. They do the um Saturday night. It's it's Saturday night there. It's in the afternoon here, but um and then in the evening they do a recap of all of the pyramid like championship league one league two for ninety minutes and just just watch all the goals, but. Yeah, it's it's cool, you know. The the the, the knockout tournaments are, are are always interesting in the league. So um, big, big upsets there, and um, just want you know when, when everybody likes upsets until a certain point, and then you want the big boys. So you know, it's like the NCAA tournament. Everybody yeah. loves an yeah. upset in the first round. Nobody wants to see. You have a twelve. You have a twelve and a ten in the final four, and nobody watches the yeah. final four. And then you wonder who, why. Who was the final last year? San Diego State and somebody. Yeah, it was a. Um, I don't remember. Can they get one? Didn't they? They did. Yeah, I think it was. Then he was saying yeah. somebody and just like, look, man, I, I want to watch yeah. North Carolina and yeah, everyone does. Hey, come on, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so, I mean, it'll be interesting. We'll we'll have a fun week of, of action. We'll be back on Friday with a, a recap of Champions League and a preview of uh, already match day number twelve in the Premier League. It's kind of kind of crazy that we are, uh, you know, inching towards like the third of the way mark already we're getting there though it's, it's pretty nuts but um again thanks for listening follow us on uh, obviously everywhere you can get our podcast like and subscribe follow us on twitter box and box football on instagram uh, box and box football as well and we will be back on friday with another episode